Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. Praise the Lord, everybody. If we could make our way to our seats. and Has everybody had a good week this week? Praise the Lord. I'm so glad. It's been a, it's been a rough week, really, it's for me anyway. I mean, it seemed like the storms came in, and then from having a aggravating tooth pulled the first of the week to blood work come back telling me I was type 2 diabetic this week to just one thing after another and then went and helped brother Josh Friday and Saturday and I'm not used to pulling wire I'm gonna just tell you that right now I'm sore in places I've never I guess I I just don't work them areas and doing what I do but man (laughs) it was a good week we we it was it was a good week and Got to go work on a, a church, help out Brother Freeman and them for a couple of days, getting a, getting a church ready for them to have church in it. So our lesson today, we're going to be talking about the two debtors. And uh, in your Bible, we're going to go to Luke chapter 7, verse number 47. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which were many, are forgiven for she loved much but whom little is forgiven the same little loveth little we're going to be talking today about the the lady with an alabaster box the uh as i begin to study this and, and read over everything i got her a book on sunday of last week and I spent many hours this week actually reading over the lesson and studying the lesson. And the more I studied it, the more I read over it, the more it really hit home to me. And it's probably one of my favorite, if you could say favorites, it's probably one of my favorite lessons that I've had the opportunity to teach. And it's because it, it really it brought out, it made me think about things in my life. It, made me, it, it took me to a place in my memory but start with, I'm going to read the lesson connection. It's the story of two Lloyds. One was an executive, one was a poor college student. While Lloyd the executive worked to better his organization, Lloyd the college student worked to pass freshman finals. After a couple starter jobs, the college student began working at the same organization as the executive. One day, Lloyd Shirley called on Lloyd Harry to help him with a computer issue. Lloyd Shirley looked at, took a liking to Lloyd Harry. The executive called on the student in his office to help him with his computer. Well, there the student happened to see a little laptop called a libretto. It was a practically pocket size in the late 90s. It made a MacBook look like a chalkboard. LJ remarked, that's the coolest laptop I've ever seen. Brother Shirley asked, would you like it? Would I like it? That's like asking someone if they'd like a cheeseburger after a seven-day fast. Would love to have that laptop. His handwriting in class had begun to look more like hieroglyphics than the class notes. 
God bless the teachers who tried to read it. If LJ could afford a laptop, he would have bought one. But they were pricey, and being a full-time student, part-time bank teller did not bud well with financial independence. Suddenly, Lloyd Shirley gathered the libretto and the cord and the drives and said, you can do some work for me to work it off. LJ was stunned, speechless. He fixed the computer issue he came in for, thanked the benevolent Lloyd for his kindness, and he went back to his desk. There at his desk, he gave, he, there at his desk, his very own libretto laptop. Suddenly, the joy of what had happened it changed quickly, overshadowed by the weight of reality of how little he made and how much time, how much the laptop cost. It would take him hours and hours and hours outside of school, church, schoolwork, work, and all that to pay it to pay for it. But Brother Shirley was kind, and he never reminded L.J. that he owed him for it, owed him for it. The executive just let the student use it all the way through college, and he did. He typed up all of his class notes through all of his finals, senior finals. Then the beautiful spring day dawned, and L.J. was ready to graduate. Right around graduation day, the two Lloyds met up again, and Lloyd, the college student, now graduated, realized he had never worked one hour to pay for the libretto computer. Then that day, Brother Shirley reminded him of the laptop. He said with a smile, remember that laptop? With a big old gulp, L.J. thought, it's too late to work for it now. I leave for Florida in just days. Before he could fret any other word, Brother Shirley spoke again. It's all yours. The Lord, the executive, he forgave Lloyd, the student of the debt. To this day, the two Lloyds are friends. And L.J. Still thankful, is still thankful for Brother Shirley's kindness in giving him the laptop. To give him through, to get him through college, and forgive him of the debt when he graduated. I ain't never had no laptop or nothing like that gift to me, but I have had some things in life, you know, that has passed down that was given to me. And, and uh, but as far as debt like that, I can uh, I can stand before you and say that that still does happen because I remember about six, seven years ago when I was going through a, a major sickness. No, ins no medical insurance or nothing like that. Um, was hospitalized for a few days <clears throat> while tests was being run. And they come to us and told me that my medical bill was already reached over $30,000. And then they said, well, we just have to work up like a financial plan or something we to help you to get through it. And uh, the needless to say that within a week of that, they came to me and told me that because of other doctors and other people had give to this, to a, uh, like an organization thing to help people with no insurance, they told me that my bill was paid in full, that I didn't have to have, I didn't have any medical bill at all on that that I went through. And I believe, you know, God works in mysterious ways. And just, you know, going over, just reading all that and, and thinking back, Okay, well, what, has, what all has God done in my life? What all has God, you know, forgiven me of and, and all? And I'm trying, jumping ahead. But uh, God, when he hung up his uh, carpenter's apron, he went to walking 
and teach through the world, teaching people. And he taught them in parables and in stories that would help get on their level where they could see, see and, and realize through his eyes, you know, the miracles that was performed and what he could do. And, and he'd put it on, he'd, he'd get down to where people could really understand it. And uh, instead of just, you know, hanging up on a high level where you didn't really understand a word that was coming out of his mouth, he, he used stories, he used examples and all. And the one of the one, like I told you this morning, we're going to be talking about the woman with a with the alabaster box. It's the parable was, as the, as the sun was set, I'm sorry, as the setting sun tossed shadows on the streets, Simon came bursting through the door. His servants had seen that look before. That look meant overtime. Right before Simon burst through the, the door, another man followed him. Right after Simon burst through the door, another man followed him, followed by a crowd that had been following him. The servant ran back into the kitchen, dipped out some more soup for all Simon's guests. Simon was called a Pharisee. He was one of the holy men of Israel who kept the law to its fullest extent. He was conscious to dot every I and careful to cross every T. He was especially curious about the man Jesus who grew up in, in Nazareth and had just ra raised a widow's son back to life. Simon had been taught that only God can do works and uh, work those wonders. How did Jesus? Simon wanted to know if every, everything and everyone wanted to know everything that everyone was saying about Jesus was true. Was he really the Messiah? Or was he just another man trying to be God? While they sipped their soup and talked, one more guest made her way in. Quietly, she's wound through the crowd. She stopped at the feet of Jesus. And as her, at the feet of Jesus, her his filthy feet, the tears flooded her, her flushed face. Simon, the servant, looked at each other, wondering which one of them was going to be the bouncer to get her out of there. Because the only thing that they could see was just the, the sin in her life. The only thing that they could see was just the, the things that she done, the, the areas that she was in, and the, all the wrong that she was doing. But as she wept, her tears fell on Jesus' feet, washing off some of the dust from the dusty streets. She knelt down at, and, and let her long hair, dark hair down, and began to wipe her tears, dry the tears with her hair. She cracked open a beautiful alabaster box and brought and poured her sweet perfume on Jesus' feet. And, and as she was worshiping, the woman kept wiping and pouring the perfume and kissing Jesus' feet. The whole time, she had not whispered one word, but her worship screamed of her love for Jesus and the kindness and he had done for her, that no one else in the room really knew what he had done for her. But they all knew what she had done. And this was a... The, this was a, a notorious sinner, and as I, as I begin to read this, and Simon, the Lord told Simon as he they was beginning to try to you know try to get her out of there. What was they going to do to get her out? All they could see was the fault in her life. All they could see was just the things that that she had done, and the whole time while they was while they was trying their best to 
figure out a way to, to get her out because they didn't like being her in, her in their presence because this was his holy house. This was his house. This is one that he was, he'd been doing right. He was, he was one of the, the holy men of Israel. So as they, as they was thinking about how to get her out, Jesus was reading their mind the whole time and saying, you know what, I know what you're doing. And he told Simon, he said, you know, he said, when you want me in your house, he said, not one time did you stop by, the, by the, the basin where the tile was at, too. He said, but you was in a hurry to get me in here to the, to the kitchen table. You was in a, in a hurry to get me in a room where we could sit down to where you could introduce me of who I was and what I was there for. He said, when you passed by the basin, instead of stopping and washing my feet, you, took, you was in a hurry to get me past that. And then as she was... As she was washing his feet with her tears, he said, you know, and he said, another thing you didn't even do, he said, you didn't even greet me with a holy kiss. He says, and while she's down here on her feet, while she's washing my feet with her tears and drying them with her hair, he says, she's kissing my feet as well. He said, another thing, Simon, that you didn't even do, he said, you didn't even, he said, he said you didn't even anoint my head with oil. He said, and here she is. She's done broke her alabaster, this beautiful box out, and she's done broke it, and she's done pouring her oil out, her perfume out on my feet. Not just my head, but she's at the feet of me. And she's, I mean, the things that's going on in her life, he didn't, she was hoping that, you know, that he wouldn't realize exactly who she was, but the whole time God knew who she was. God knew where she was at. God knew everything that she had done in her life. And God was, he, it, it didn't matter to him because of the worship that she had, the love that she had. Because when you start doing the worship like that, when you start pouring out your praise like that, that opens up a different avenue for God. That, that opens up something for God to just be able to reach down. It shows a true love. It shows a true worship. It, it, it ain't about just what we can do for God. It ain't about, you know, okay, I'm living my best life. It's, you know, every one of us has sinned, and every one of us has come short of the glory of God. We've all made mistakes, and we still make mistakes on a daily basis, but it's about about what we can it's about falling on our face and saying you know what God I'm going to get down on her level where she was at I'm going to wash your feet with the tears that's flowing down my face I'm going to dry I'm going to dry them with, a, with with whatever I have in my hand if it's, it's possible I'm going to do everything I can because I'm going to show my true love for you I'm going to show my true worship for you hallelujah Jesus hallelujah the true worship comes from the heart. It don't come from just the mouth. It comes from the heart. And she was showing everything. She was showing her love for God. She was showing him with everything that she had. That's all she had was the tears that flowed down her face. That's all she had was the hair that's on her head that she could dry on with. That's all she had was that beautiful box. Not knowing to this day how much back then, how much it, it actually was worth to them then in our in our money today, I don't know if that makes sense to you. My mind sometimes don't even make sense to me. But uh, <laughs> the cost of something back then versus today. Let's, let's try to get it back a little bit better. So she was, everything that she had, she was giving it to God at that point. Everything. She wasn't holding anything back. Simon saw the sinner, but Jesus saw the forgiven. So... It, it, it don't really matter what we see in a person's eyes when they walk in the church house. It's what God sees in there. Because 
my own life. I can see flaws in my own life. I can see areas in my own life that I need to improve. I can see things in my own life that, you know, that I could do better at. But it's the true worship. She has given everything she had. Simon, when he Simon, when I, I come into your house this afternoon, that's what he said. He didn't even he didn't even bother. His feet was filthy. And too many times, if you've been raised in the truth, you know, you've got something to be thankful for. You can say, you know what, God sheltered me from that. God kept me from that. I mean, that's, that's something that we ought to just say, hey, you know what, I am so grateful for. Because I've got something that a lot of people didn't have the opportunity to have. They wasn't raised in the truth. And maybe you've been one of them that was raised in the truth and you ventured out then you've got something to even be even more grateful for because God gave you the grace to come back in. He let his mercy shine down on you and, and give you another opportunity to come back in. And then maybe you fall into category that you, didn't, you wasn't raised in this truth. You wasn't raised around the oneness. You didn't know about the loving kindness of God, you, the mercy of God. Maybe you didn't, you weren't familiar with all that. Maybe you weren't taught that as a kid. But you come to know God through the power of the Holy Ghost or you're sitting in here today and maybe you, you need a closer walk with God. You know, God's mercy's still here. God's, he's still stretched forth. He said, you know what? It's that love. Come before me with the love. Come before me with, with, with everything that you have. And I know growing up, you know, I was, I was raised in this truth. But as I reached my teen, late teenage years and, and on into my early 20s, I ventured out away from God. But it was His grace. It was His grace that gave me, gave me another chance to come back. And as I was studying this, and even in the hotel room Thursday night, I mean Friday night, I, was, I was, had the book open and I was reading and I was studying. And I couldn't help but just sit there with tears strolling thinking about the mercy of God, thinking about what God brought, give me a chance to come get out away from. I mean, he set me free from the drugs. He set me free from the alcohol. I mean, he, he gave me another chance to go back to his house and, and worship him one more time. You know, I'm not, I don't know everything that the, 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 the was talking about with a lady here with the alabaster box. I'm not sure everything of, of her sins that she was dealing with. I mean, I've got a pretty good idea of some of them, but, you know, every one of us, can fall under some of them categories if we're not careful. But it's the love and the mercy of God. It's what God brought us from. And you know what? We're not, we're not, it's not too late. It's not too late. It's never too late to fall on our face and get down where she was at, at the feet of Jesus. Everybody wants to be able to be up high and be able to be head high with Jesus and hold Jesus' hand and all that. But it's, it's, it starts at the feet of Jesus. We've got to get down at his feet, and we've got to say, you know what? I'm going to love you no matter what, God. I'm going to be here. It don't matter to me what I have to do. I, if, I have to, if I have to go clean the toilets in the church, God, whatever, whatever required out of me, God, that you want me to do, I want to do everything I can for you. I want to, I want to be able to get down with the, in the level and say, God, God, 
I'm, I don't deserve this, Lord. I don't deserve your mercy. I don't deserve your grace. But you know what? I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it, God. I'm thankful that you reached down and you picked me up. I'm thankful that you give me another opportunity to love you and to serve you. And, you know, the, the best worship that we can give is nowhere near enough. The best worship that we have is, is you know, he deserves even more than that. You know what? I'm guilty myself. Sometimes I want to just sit over there and, and clap my hands or, or maybe leap, but is that enough? That's not enough. From what he brought me out of, that's not enough praise. What he brought, the pit that he brought me out of, that's not enough worship that I could give him. He deserves so much more than that. He deserves everything that's within me. He deserves me giving him my best. And if my best is an alabaster box or whatever my best may be, he deserves every bit of it. He deserves that and so much more. He brought me from a long line of sin. He brought me from places that... that I'm so grateful to be able to be, be living today. And God, give me another breath. God, give me that other opportunity. And I know there's so many more in this sanctuary this day that is in the same category that y'all have been in places that, that, you know, we don't deserve to be able to walk through the church house doors. But you know what? God said, you know what? My grace is sufficient for you. My love is still reaching out to you. I still have mercy that is extending out to you today. And it's, it don't matter what we're going through. It don't matter what trials that we face. It don't matter the sickness that may be on our lives. It don't matter the sin that may be on our life. God still deserves everything that we have. God still deserves every bit of the praise. We can't be like Simon. We can't think that, you know what? I've lived this best life. I've done everything I can. I, have, I don't have many sin in my life that God's forgiven me of. But the Bible says that if you love little, if you sin little, and little is forgiving, then there's little love. So, that's not word for word, but that's, you know, me trying to break it down a little bit. But there was, but there was a lot of forgiving that went on in my life. God forgave me of a whole lot. God pulled me out from a whole lot. Such as some of you in this place this morning. There's so many things that we can look back on and say, you know what? God brought me out of this. God delivered me from this. I can think of the, not only the sin, I can think of miracles in my life that God, God performed in my life. And I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful for that. I mean, that's just a, that's another opportunity, another reason for me to worship Him with everything that I have. The two debtors. It was a man loved, a man loved money. And two people, I'm sorry, a man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one, 50 pieces of silver to another. Unfortunately, when it came time to pay the creditor back, neither one of them could. The creditor knew that at that, what that meant. The debtors knew what that meant. Unpaid debt carried the threat of dark days in debtor's prison. Slaving away for masters they neither knew nor loved until they paid back the, the last days. They go up knowing that there was hopeless. It was, they were hopeless, helpless to, hope, to help themselves. But the creditor freely forgave them both and canceled their debts. They were free to go. Their debts were forgiven. This was too good to be true. Then Jesus looked into Simon's dark eyes and asked him, Now, Simon... Which of the debtors do you think loved him more after that?
of course, the one that was forgiven the most. How much did God do for you? And how much did God do for me? Is he, did he do enough to, to give him everything that's within us? Or are we just going to sit back and say, well, there wasn't a lot of sin in my life. I didn't have to deal with a whole lot, so I'm not going to worship a whole lot. I'm not going to give him a whole lot. After reading and studying this, I have failed God in so many ways on my worship. He deserves so much more. So much more. Even if he only, even if I got the Holy Ghost when I was a child, it's still so much worship because there's coming a day and there's coming a day real soon that we're going to stand before God and we're going to stand at judgment day and he's going to open the book of life and we're going to have to see if our name is written down in it. And if we've received the gift of the Holy Ghost, even as a child, we're going to get a reward just like we did if we just received it. We're going to get to make it into heaven. So today, if you're in this house and you don't know God through the power of the Holy Ghost, it's not too late. You're still breathing. It's not too late. I don't want to be like Simon. I don't want to, I don't want to say, well, you know what? I, wanna, I don't want to look down on people and say, well, they've got this in their life. They've got that in their life. They've got this sin in their life. They've done this. They've been there. They've done that. I don't want to be like Simon. But I want to be like that lady with an alabaster box. I want to I make my way through the crowd. And I'm going to say, you know what? I just want to get to the feet of Jesus. If I can just get to the feet of Jesus, then I know everything is going to be okay. If I can just get there and just, if I can wash his feet, if I can kiss the feet of Jesus, then I know everything is going to be okay. If we could all stand, I know this is a very short lesson today.